Another episode of Bobcast, and that is a first, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, the church bells here on Third Avenue rang. I guess it must be 6 p.m. It's never happened. It's live. I hear a car engine, but I hear them bells, man. That can only mean one thing, and one thing only, that it's the third time tonight's guest is returning to the lounge in proper form, okay? When somebody gets to three times status guests here on the Bobcast, we chime the bells. And when we chime the bells, we pay respect and gratitude towards our friends. And I'm lucky to have some good friends like tonight's guest. I've known them for, I guess, my whole life. We might as well have been babies straight out the womb being like this, that, whatever. You know, but instead, we've uh, we've had quite the path together and I'm excited to have him back tonight because he's got a brand new single that's out and he's got a brand new music video it's dropping Sunday night okay I don't want you to watch the Walking Dead I don't want you to rewatch El Camino a thousand times I want you to watch this video Sunday night okay and I want you to welcome Mr. Judah Kim here to the Bobcast hey what's up Bob what's up Bobcast universe glad to be back dude how about the bells though you know come on yeah, it's pretty it's cool. never happened. And I'm pretty sure I've recorded this hour before. But yeah, welcome back for the third time. Third time's always just, you know. It's my lucky number. Is it really your number? Yeah. It's my lucky number. I think my lucky number, uh, I don't know. See, like, I used to think it was 24, but then my son's born on the 22nd, my wife's the 23rd. I don't know if I believe so much in numbers I, you know i think there's such a thing as luck but i think it could be misinterpreted mm-hmm. into other different things i thought about this actually recently luck is a lot like remembering your dreams it's the same type of equation where like it's like this magical thing that happens you know what i mean like this one moment in the universe where you're like yeah it's me looking back at you yeah that's interesting something to ponder for sure so i mean Let's talk about this new single, Fate. So you went and you recorded it. Where'd you do it at? I did it with Ted Richardson at his studio in Germantown. He calls it Ted Audio. And it's just, you know, he runs it. um, It's sort of a smaller space. But it's uh, definitely acoustically treated, so it's great for drums. And he's got a lot of toys and noise toys in there, as as he likes to call them. I thought Ted Audio was like a like a corporate company. It's him. Yeah, it's him. That's <laughs> great. It's a good name. Uh, the single, it's been uh, on the radio. It's getting on a bunch of different playlists and stuff like that. I uh, was privy to the song when you first wrote it. It's a it's yeah. a it's, it's a it's a banger. You know, I shouldn't say banger. Banger's like you know, it's a song that makes you think per se. I I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't classify it as as a banger per se. I, it's just something that I love per like. I feel like it's. So we, I wrote the song it's almost two years ago now. It's October, right? Mm-hmm. So almost like t- when I was in the band with you, I had written that song, and we, you know, we are, had already had our repertoire of songs. So this was just sort of on the back burner. Yeah, I just this was the being, last one. Yeah, 
I remember being so excited writing it because I had that verse melody and it and um, that first line just came out like uh, the mind is a palette, um, dawn is a song, promise, hope, and evidence. That just kind of came out, um, and I, I was just super excited with that melody because I had written it on the piano and it was just a different way of writing. But it also like really touched me too, and um, you know that and and it's something that I'm, I'm really right? proud of and like mm-hmm. after having been through the ringer with you like that last year and like being you know gnashing my teeth a little bit I was like uh, I'm gonna just I have to like start writing music that like I'm on fire about again and not to say that I wasn't about with the songs that I had written with you guys but I certainly felt like I was really trying to just doctor um, something up that I thought would actually go over well. Not not 100%, but, like, there was definitely there. You know, I, like, wanted it to sell. And this time around was all just about, like, what am I getting off of? Because if I'm not, like, turned on, then how can I turn other people on? What's up, Freddie? Freddie Mercury? (laughs) Yeah, it's all about turning people on, you know, and making them feel something. So, like, it was the melody came from the chords. Isn't that song in F-sharp? Is it, uh, the songs in C. Is that okay? You, yeah, C, uh, yeah C. it's been a while. Yeah, so. yeah it's been a while. Songs in C. It's funny actually because I remember actually sitting in my bed writing. It was like I was by TV light, if you can imagine, just me mm-hmm. playing my electric guitar unplugged. And I just came up with these chords, and it was actually after we had had band practice. Um, I remember, and th- this is not a, a stab at Isaac Wendell at all, but I just remember we were actually writing the song "Dark Circles" that night, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I think he had a, had an off day because he was coming to practice. Like, I I don't want to like learn any songs something like that. Yeah, he had sweatpants so on that night. It, it was <laughs> <laughs> he probably did. He did. So I, right, so I was so I was like really excited that night because I was like had this new song Dark Circles, and then like all of a sudden like I never had he, he I never had that gut re- like that reaction from him before that sort of flippant kind of reaction from him before. So it threw me off, and that and I think that was kind of the catalyst for like sort of just like sitting down and like writing this believe it or not oh wow so Isaac in his sweatpants created this single that (laughs) everyone's gonna check out the music video this weekend if if I remember correctly that's that's what happened like I then I just kind of went home and felt bummed and I started playing these chords (laughs) it's a it's a great song and also did the song the other song Radiate come from it because I always felt like fate has a brother named Radiate Radiate Radiate's actually an older. It's actually a year older, I think. Um, you have I how think, many songs do you think you've had? Like, cause actually today I had to go drop off a microphone at Wolf's house, mm-hmm. and on my way there I thought back to like when, like, uh, briefly I was assisting you guys with like some some local stuff with the band Stone Throne, mm-hmm. and I was thinking to myself, my God, he's got over a hundred songs at least, right? I I never counted, and like I I always feel like i don't have anything like honestly bob like if but if i were to look in my phone right now i could probably show you do you have a log of like every single song that you've ever written well it's all they're on my like voice memos on my phone oh okay um so you have that backed up obviously yeah and i have like did you hear itunes is gone a lyric journal too lyric journals i should say lyric journals but i never i never feel like i have a ton of songs i always feel like i just have like because i forget about them you know it's just yeah it's weird isn't that weird? Like, did you ever did you ever write something and then forget it? Yeah, for sure. That's the worst, and, right? And and you know what? Part of it is I think it's part of being in a digital realm because like back th- if we were still living with the technology we had back then, I'd probably have like tapes. I know, you know right? Something it's to, like, so crazy to think. Old. It's weird when I hear something that I wrote that I forget. It's just weird to even say that out loud. I think that maybe like if there's anything that the future will hold, 
there'll be none of that no more. <laughs> you just remember everything. You know what I mean? There will be no disease. There'll be no Alzheimer's, nothing. You just take a pill, like, you know, that Joe Rogan on it shit that like, made Bert Kreischer go crazy. Like uh, M M T O five, I forget whatever it's called, but something or another. But could be like yeah, Star forgetting Trek. stuff, man. It's just like a weird thing, man. Like I hate when I forget stuff. I get mad at myself. I'm like, why, why is this just not working? You know, like where was I? You know, like obviously some things can come into play, but a lot has to do with age, and a lot also does have to come with songwriting because with songwriting. Everybody has a different method, you know what I mean? But, like, if you forget one crucial part, then the whole, like, identity of the song is different, you know what I mean? Like, like Bridge. Do you ever hear somebody, like, talk about writing Bridges? Yeah, it, it Bridges, uh, it's a pain in the ass. What's the best bridge in the world? That's a good question. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I, I could certainly I believe in a thing called you. love? I could probably tell you in the moment. Ah... I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing that out because we covered that. But I mean, bridges like are so underrated. I remember in Downtown Harvest, I'd be like, "What about the bridge?" And they'd be like, "Nah." <laughs> you know, what's a good bridge actually is Stacy's mom when it goes to that yeah. seat. Like yeah. you don't you don't expect that. Nobody it's... expects that to happen. They're like, <laughs> so "Oh weird, wow, weird thank teaching. you." You know, um, yeah, bridges, man, and also like the the word bridge. You know what I mean? Like I don't know something about it. I always liked. I hear I always hear English songwriters refer to it as the middle eight. Would that, that be considered the, the two, like the one, four, five, the two? Like I always thought like when we'd go to the two, like say for instance, you're playing like Red House or something and then you go to that B, like if you're playing in an A and you go up to the two for like a bridge type part. I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah. I never was good at like theory and stuff like that. You obviously were with like your education and stuff like that. But um, I, I, I'm still writing some stuff. I still, you know, dabble, but I'm mainly just playing drums. That's but, cool. Yeah, it's just yeah. a good way to get out, you know, things. And I wish I was a drummer. I wish I could go back in time. Maybe in the future we could do that too. Imagine if I was the drummer of Downtown Harvest and Chris was the bass <laughs> Wow. That'd be great, man. Just change things up. And rewrite history there. Ben's yeah. the lead singer. You're the bass player. <laughs> or no, Chris Wolf is the lead singer. <laughs> or Skulls. What's up, Skulls? Andy Skulls. He's a father of three now. Good for Skulls, man. He's got a daughter and two twin boys. Wow. It's pretty awesome, but yeah, I'm very excited to see the video. I haven't, I've yeah. only seen still shots of it. I'm, I'm very stoked to see uh, what you guys cooked up. Yeah, you so know? I want to tell you the story about the the video a little bit. Yeah. So, so this might take me a minute, Bob. No, I, I, I heard, uh, I saw your post, mm -hmm. and I want to tell everybody tonight this story. I have no idea what's going on. This is completely organic. Something happened there on the set, and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna drop it on us here on the Bobcast. <laughs> Exactly. So to to like appreciate this, I'm gonna ha I'm gonna tell some backstory about my life and the song, and then the making of the song. So it might take me a minute here. Go ahead, go ahead. So as we'll you know, you. Mm -hmm. as as you know, um, I've been in recovery for it'll be seven years, October twentieth. Congratulations. Thanks, man. And um, what you hear a lot in in recovery circles is that you know God, you know because there's a higher power component and everything. Everyone's like, well, God has plans for you. I mean, like, you can make all the plans that you want, but, like, you know, your life will turn out, like, differently than how you expect it to. You just got to keep moving on, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, that was kind of the idea behind fate in that, like, I, I like, n never expected to first fall into recovery, right? To have this addiction and, and this road that I, that I, that I, uh, 
there was on. Um, but then there's so much good that happened because of it too. So like the point of the songs like that, I never understand uh, whether it's good, good things happening or bad things happening. Um, you know, the mind is a palette, the dawn is a song, promise, hope, and evidence. That whole line just means like, oh, I'm, I'm starting out life new with fresh eyes and idealistic um, hopes and dreams. And then the second verse is like a tacit feeling out of the blue that something's wrong, right? And then the chorus um, happens and it's, it's uh, the lyric line is, um, it finally happened in a way I can't believe. It don't add up. Um, no, I can't make no sense of what this is or why this is our fate, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's when bad shit happens. And then the last verse is about love. You know, love came into my life very unexpectedly in a way that I wouldn't believe too. So, and th- so it kind of just like that circular th- idea of of life, I guess, good and bad, like you don't understand. Um, so the so the video. Skylar Jenkins and I um, were kind of hashing this out. Now, I had never really done like a professionally made um, video or anything like that. And um, Skylar Jenkins, if you if you don't know who he is, he's got a pretty decent repertoire of stuff. And like if you just Facebook him, you can see his demo reel. It's pretty impressive. Um, so we, we had met up and talked about a few ideas. Um, and he is kind of like, you know, if I were to like describe him as a musician, he'd be kind of like a jazz musician in that he, he seems to like be open to just creating on the spot and, and collaborating. And he was trying to pull ideas from me and the actors like um, beforehand, yes, but also like in the moment. He, he, I feel like he, he seemed like he was all about that. Where I'm, I mean, you know me, I'm like really scheduled and have to have things structured. and mm-hmm. um, So I was a little uneasy because it was my first time or whatever. And the concept we came up with is that we had a girl and a guy meeting in the subway, um, but by, by chance kind of. Like they were both kind of like watch, watching me. Um, and leading up to that, we, we follow her. Um, Brielle Rickards, who is just awesome too. Um, so she's like having a really bad day. She's like, um, she gets a phone call and she's not answering it. And then she finally is like arguing with somebody. Um, and then the other side of it is um, our male actor, Ben. He's He like missed his train and he's just like, he seems down on his luck kind of. It's kind of open-ended to his character. He just seems like he's in a bad spot. They both kind of like meet because he missed the train and she just happens to be walking the same way and I'm playing and then she stops um, to watch me, drops money, walks away. Um, he, she, she leaves her phone there and Ben um, sees that and then they, they sort of meet and lock eyes and then the, and then the, the video is just goes to black there. You know, and so it's all about like fate and chance and like how things happen. Um, and the the weird the weirdest thing is is that we shot it kind of backwards. We did that last scene mm-hmm. where they sort of lock eyes and he meets and he gets the phone and everything. Um, the first thing we did, the last thing we did was actually the first scene, which was Brielle sitting on the train, um, and she's like getting, she's just like. She's just like uh, getting a phone call and she doesn't pick it up and then she leaves the train. Now we had to do this in one shot because it was on the train, you know what I mean? So we so we were mm-hmm. sitting there 
um, at the stop, and then it was like action. Okay, then she, she does this thing, and she does great. She does, she's brilliant. She does one shot, and then he, fo- and you know, the, the the camera's handheld, and he's following her off the train, and then we got it, and that was kind of like a wrap on her. We mm-hmm. emerge from the subway, and then all of a sudden she realizes, oh my god, I left my phone on the fucking oh, subway. Oh no, yeah, it's it's crazy, right? So she's walking, and. I kid you not, as that moment right there, three like sort of disheveled looking guys come like our way as if they're like pushing themselves out of the crowd. I remember oh that. God. They were like using their hands, like pushing themselves out of the crowd. I mean, yo, 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 yo. And they were signaling towards her and they had they actually had gotten her phone. They got off the train to give her back Yeah, her exactly. They got off the train because okay. as, as soon as she was panicking, I was like, oh, God, there's no way you were going to get her phone back. Or, I don't the shoot is back. over, okay? Yeah, it's basically. And, like, there's all this – there was a stress. And so so these guys had come, and they, they got her phone. I actually caught that moment on, on, on my cell phone as well. I'll just probably post it later. But um, but I kid you not, they, they returned it in just a random act of kindness. And uh, – the the other side of it too, which which is weird, is well actually before that. So that so that moment there when they found the phone and returned it to her, it was just like okay, that's the point of the video we're shooting today, yeah. right? We're just it's, it's exactly the point of the video that we're doing. Something bad happened, then something good happened. Well, yeah, and then she, so she basically like dropped something, and these guys found it, and they met her, right? And that's basically what we were but doing. That you were shooting as a meta event. It was so weird. And wow, what's, yeah. what's even weirder is that these guys, they were like. Yeah, we're in recovery. Oh, we're wow. trying to do something nice. And wow. I, just, I couldn't help but think that, like, oh my god, that's like, oh wow, it's so weird. There were the three guys omen. getting. That's crazy. Were they getting off at that stop, or they just get off for the phone? I, there was so much like, like sort of hysteria, kind of. Which what, uh, uh, stop was this on the R six? I, I can't remember exactly. North Lane. I can't. Allegheny. Remember. I was trying to just kind of. That's a great story. That's uh, it's great when people do stuff like that, you know, when they remind you that there's still people who don't want to pawn off your phone to humanity, right? I guess it's humanity, or maybe it's something more. It's just it's um, it's really. I mean, like, and I think Rogan said it on a show, and it's very true, is that we don't know each other no more. We don't know anybody. You know, we don't look up. We don't look at people. Technically, if you lived in this same area, one nine four two six, whatever. Same zip code. We would know each other 2,000 years ago. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, Judah, what's up? He writes songs. It's Bob. He mm-hmm. doesn't have a podcast because they haven't invented the technology. He just sits around and talks for hours. Yeah. And we would all know each other, and we'd all eat together, either hunt together or do stuff. And I think that's kind of like when you ran that way, how would you – like if you found something of somebody else's, then you would be jousted by the group. You know what I mean? You had to do the right thing and turn it. At least I think so. I uh, I turned in a wallet one time, cuz that remember that Starbucks I worked at in Glendale. Yes, I or do. Uh, was it Silver Lake Glendale area? So uh, this job was ridiculous because I ran into movie stars, musicians, and um, one time I was cleaning up the the milk counter there, which was always a mess. You know, sugar everywhere, cream, disgusting. And I found this fat wallet, man. <laughs> it was like the size of like four or five like iPhones stacked up. And uh, I immediately went to the bathroom because I was 24 years old and I was still, you know, somewhat of a delinquent. And uh, I opened up the wallet and I saw there must have been $2,000, $3,000, maybe more. I didn't count it all, but I put it back in and then I put it in my pocket. I walked back on the line and then I went and picked up the phone 
and um, he had a business card in there, I think, and I called him, and he picked up on his whatever Sprint PCS bullshit, you know? Mm-hmm. He comes back to Starbucks, I hand him the 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 wallet, and he doesn't even look me in the eye, doesn't even shake my hand, just really? grabs it from my hand, wow. and then grabs that black door and walks out. Wow. And in my mind, I can't remember what he looked like, but I can tell you, mm-hmm. he resembled hardcore Shooter McGavin. <laughs> and that's no joke. I mean, it's the truth. In my mind, he even moved like Shooter McGavin. That's funny, man. But, I mean, I did the right thing. And I, it's a great story. You did, yeah. Did you, I, you know, come to think of it, it was actually her wallet. Because sh- sh- in the shot, it's mm. herself. She, she takes her cell phone off the train. So it was her wallet. And they didn't steal any money, these guys. That's, See, that's the best part, yeah. Yeah, that is the mm-hmm. best part, man. Mm-hmm. Did and, you get their numbers and stuff? Are you going to maybe go to a meeting with them or something? Uh, You know you know what? I probably should have, actually. But I didn't. Uh, I just, That's all right. Maybe it's just a moment in time then. It was, you know? I've had, it was I've very had cool, like though. Very cool. And I was just kept thinking to myself, wow, what a, like a, what a cool omen, I guess. That's when great I, when a good omen happens. For some reason, it reminded me of a bad omen that I talked about maybe 12 episodes ago where I was at a casino and I was going out to the deck to check out the, the Freddie Mercury um, cover band. And uh, there was a woman in front of me and she was taking her time and I was take, take, letting her take her time, you know, as you do. As a lovely lady is going down the stairs on crutches. And someone from behind me like tapped my shoulder and shit and was like, Yo, buddy, why don't you go handle that woman and, you know, carry her down the stairs, man? And like I turned around and like I put my shoulder square to him. I was like, Buddy, why don't you, you know, put your action into, you know, put your words into action here and you do it? He's like, Fine, I will. I said, Okay, ma'am. She was like, Yeah. He picked her up and fell down the stairs, dude. <laughs> fell down two and a half flights of stairs. Oh, you know? my God. Not flights, just two and a half stairs. But I felt so bad about it. But yeah, so it's good. And I understand now the song more than anybody. I think in this universe, like there is good and there is bad. And sometimes you don't know. It's good when you can tell. You know what I mean? Like it's not just a mixture. I feel like it's crazy out there, man. You know? I mean, this Joker movie, whatever he says, you feel like it's getting crazy out there? I I haven't seen it, so don't spoil it for me. (laughs) I spoiled it last episode. I won't do it tonight. But I can tell you, on the way here to the podcast tonight, it's an early podcast, there's just so many people driving, you know, um, driving around, like, uh, on their phones. Yeah, there are. Myself included. I took a selfie when I was uh, on my way here. I mean, doing that's different, though, but, like, staring at it and, like, texting and, like, I don't know. It's just weird, man. I try not to do it anymore, but, I mean, I get it. It's just we live in just such a um, an age where, I guess, maybe the cell phone doesn't allow us to know the difference between good and bad shit. You know? What do you mean by that? We're so distracted by the phone that we don't have time to, like, realize what's good and what's bad. And we don't have time to practice being good people because we're distracted by the cell phones. You're just so hypnotized by it. Oh, my God, yeah. Everybody's hypnotized by it. Yeah. So much so that people who don't use it are jousted now by society. I have footage from my mini DV camera of Downtown Harvest when I first started getting text messages. And they all would demean me, being like, oh, you getting a text message, Bob? Huh? Huh? Like, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> That was 2004 is when I was ridiculed for my texting. Now people just want to text. 
It's different now for sure. It's I just remember getting. I was like one of the first people that I knew that got caller ID. So then when my I, when my friends would call and they'd be like, "Hey, what's up, John?" or whatever, like they'd be like, "What the fuck? Like that's freaky. Don't do that shit." And now yeah. it's like people don't even answer the phone if they no, know never, what the phone never, number never, is. Never, you know what I mean? And you call and you think that they will. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I remember answering machines, man. I remember like just like the whole notion when the answer machine first came to my house and like being like six or seven, being like, "Wait a minute, we know now who's on the other line." Yeah, that, that was the beginning of it all, man. That's the shit right there. We we're yeah. like, no, we don't want to hang out no more. We just want to become, you know, cancel woke culture. You know, I do believe that, man. Yeah. So, what's going on with you, man? I feel like I haven't like seen or just. I did the top of the world again. Talked to you in a long time. I, try, yeah, I tried. To, I that. tried to do another whole top of the world. Yeah. I got to about nine forty-five before these rain clouds came in, soaked the whole place down. It was a really quick cleanup, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get the three stages out in time. I haven't yeah. talked about it here on the show yet, but I mean, yeah, the clouds came in nine forty-five and stopped house plant. He did about two, two and a half songs maybe, and uh, came in quick and came in hard. You know? Yeah, well, felt bad, you know. But people got their money's worth, I think, and they had a good time. And uh, there's a lot of good connections. But it was draining, dude. It so took, it it went on for about two hours, then. It went on from seven uh, to about nine forty-five. Okay. okay. So I mean, you know, That's it was a good bit. But tensions were high, and the humidity was high, which I guess in turn can cause people to just be exhausted. It's so hot out there, man. Setting up, you know what I mean? On the roof. <laughs> yeah. But I think that uh, I'll do it again, you know? But mm-hmm. I think this time I'm going to scale it down. I'm just, I can't do so many bands, dude. It's just too much. Because, like, not everybody gets the message of what I'm trying to do. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create an enterprise <laughs> of local bands that could stand up for each other, you know? Enterprise, yeah. Bands need to learn to work with one another, man. I'm not saying that anybody up there didn't, but in general, I don't get why you don't branch off people's audiences like they, they used to with MySpace and shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just terrible to be a musician right now where you gotta pay and like all this and the Patrick Carney episodes, <laughs> Joe Rogan, man. I was just like, oh my God, dude. Those bloodsuckers, yeah. you know? So with all this information available today too, it's amazing to me that like if you put out a song, you're lost at sea as to like what to do next, and it all feels like a competition. And I think that's what's feeding into maybe the people not like supporting each other or whatever it Mm -hmm. is you're talking about. You know, it's weird. It's just I'm happy though that we're talking about this though. It's interesting story with those three guys came off. You know, so happy to do something good. Because it does make you feel really awesome when when you do something like that. I mean, I try to help people, faceless people. I can't ever remember it. Like, if they need help leaving, like, the grocery store, I go visit the nursing home. I try to do as much stuff as I can to make other people feel good. Yeah. Because it's like those are the true moments that just really make life, I guess, you know, what we're talking about earlier. Like, reminiscent of, like, you know... what it was like back when we all traveled together. Humanity, yeah. And you, I've been thinking about this lately, too. This, that, like, the ripple effect. You know, if you can do something good, if you can, like, even just bring your mom flowers or whatever it is, just just bring some sunshine into somebody's day, then that makes them happier. That makes them talk to somebody else a little bit nicer. And then that it put, you know what I'm saying? It just it ripples mm-hmm. and it just keeps going on. And then what happens and it, it ultimately will affect you. This is just an idea that I have in my head, mm-hmm. but I, it's gotta be true. It's gotta be true because it's, 
you know, it just makes so much sense. It does. It makes so much sense. There probably be, you know, a lot less problems. Like a trickle down, if you will, of just positive there's a, there's vibes. There's a thing in Adobe Premiere, right? When you're editing video footage, when you want to connect things together, it's called the ripple effect. Yeah. I love the ripple. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Connect it all together. You know what I mean? Look, everybody's got good and bad in them. That's why films like The Joker get so much attention because people like to, to flirt with being bad, but they also know at heart they're good. And the reason is because the same thing is when the sun comes up and the sun goes down. There's two sides to the, everything in our life. Everything has two sides to it. It's I can't speak for everybody, but I, I for me it's always harder to be positive and it's always harder to be good. And I, and I think on a worldwide basis is there's even one percent of people like that, just like me. Then then you know they can relate to that, and that's a big problem. I think. I think that it has a lot to do with our culture and the way that things worked out for us, especially our generation. Like what? We Okay, so, I mean, our parents' generation and our parents' generation all grew up within the century, right? 1900 to, two, 1900 to 2000, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, when they were all growing up in those times, they all had very similar life experiences, both when they were childs, when they were children, childs, children, Young adults and then adults, right? So, like, everything stayed the same for our parents, basically. My parents had, you know, it was one just long century of, like, you know, hey, we're here. Hey, do you want to go out? Hey, do you want to go to B. Rathbone at the Plymouth Mean Mall and, you know, maybe get a steak? Shit like that where there was no technology. Then Mm -hmm. we come up, right? We're born. We're born the same way they are, man. And we feel that fun and energy. Yeah. But then everybody at the turn of the century changes with the older folk. Even the older folk at that time are now catching up, and they are on Facebook and stuff like that. But in the beginning, they balked at it. We are so upset with everything because we never got a clear chance at taking it for ourselves. Like, you know, like the American dream of, like, you know, go out and get it. You and I are both go out and get it, people. You know what I mean? Like, we want to go out and get it. And the pursuit of happiness is what America is all about. But with technology, it didn't make things easy for people like ourselves especially artists you know what i mean it, it it's just a weird thing i don't know i've been thinking about it lately just because like i fall asleep to my phone i wake up to my phone my wallet is my phone so technically if i was on that train i would have lost everything too you know mm-hmm. yeah it's just i don't know it's just scary too with tyler like just coming up like you know what i mean like i was watching billy eilish and she's like yeah i grew up with youtube it's no big deal mm-hmm. and i'm thinking like what's I gonna grow up to you know what's the new thing well, that'll they, th- they say the newest thing is TikTok. Yeah, what is that? I saw Crystal Lee doing it. I have a I, have, I set up an account like last week. I'll set up mine tonight. Okay, you, you can put you can post like six, fifteen to sixty second videos and you hashtag them. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is like lip syncing mm-hmm. on that and like making like dance vids. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to do funny shit basically. It is. It's good to do that. Uh, yeah, so technology, yeah, I think what you were talking about as far as your parents' generation, our parents' generation, less avenues for entertainment and fun, right? So it makes entertainment more valuable, right? Yeah, so, we were more valuable back then. So when in we the have day. more avenues to experience entertainment like we do now, it just, we value it less. Yeah, it is true. And it's like, you know, the whole thing now, too, with um, 
concert performers wanting um you know you to like yondor your uh, phone put it in the pouch yeah I saw that Jack White uh, said something about that I like that it's like but, we have uh, to document I everything I also read today on the internet that Billy Joel he doesn't purposely sell the front row of his concerts yeah I saw that you see that you think that's true I don't know how true that is. And what what does he do? He sells them to like homeless people or like people that can't afford uh, afford it. Sorry, I'm just texting my wife. Um, I believe so. People, he he wants to bring true fans from like the rafters all the way oh, right, uh, right. to the front. And if that's the case, dude, good for you, Billy Joel. Because I mean, that would be the experience of a lifetime to be sitting all the way in the back. I saw I sat all the way in the back once for for Twenty One Pilots. It felt like I was like like ready to nosedive right down in the middle of the Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see the Black Keys on Monday uh, at the Wells Fargo. Oh, that should be cool. That's another point of discussion. That record has just been on repeat for me. Yeah, I listened on the way here. I hate Five. those guys. Those bastards. <laughs> you know what's so crazy? Then you text me this. is like those songs are so easy. And like when yeah. I say easy, I, I'm not saying like it's like a cheap like type thing. It's just like when I first was listening to it, I was finishing like some lyrics before you know, they, they arrived because you just felt it, you know? Right. That one song, Go, God, I love that song. I think the album takes off um, when Tell Me Lies. Tell Me Lies. Oh, yeah, Tell Me Lies Every little great. thing, <laughs> and then Get Yourself Together. It's Those three are just fucking back-to-back. So great. good. And I, I didn't know the hit was High Low. High Low might be my least favorite yeah, track. Yeah, you know what? I, I would agree end. with that. Because like, it's the least interesting of like exactly. the arrangements, you know. Yeah, what I mean? it's like, the least like it's the least snappy right away. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. It's just, I was like, wow. And because when John John McNally posted like uh, the single didn't make me want to listen to it, I'm like, really? I wonder what the single is. Cause yeah, I, mean, I looked that up too. I looked it up, and then it was just like high low, really? Because I thought "Get Yourself Together" was probably the single because it just has that like yeah, l- that what has that black keys like type feel. But yeah. that, um, "Fire Walk with Me." Did you ever see the video for that? It's just a guy dancing yeah. in an electric chair. Do you know like the story of Let's Rock? No. So, like, I remember buying the album being like, why the hell are they calling this Let's Rock? Oh, I, yeah, that I heard. It's a terrible title. It's terrible title. <laughs> it's a terrible title. But if you look at the CD cover, it's of electric chair, and apparently it's about this guy in the state that they live. It was the last guy to get electrocuted in the chair, and his last words were... Let's really... Let's rock, yeah. And that's yeah. why the electric chair is on the cover. So, you know, I'm hoping on Monday night at Black Keys that you got an electric chair on stage because, okay. I mean, that's what the world wants to see, Because right? Wikipedia told me a different story. <laughs> Wikipedia told me that it was just... They wanted to call it Let's Rock because they're so, like, anti-classic rock, kind of. That's, like, their least favorite genre, and they just wanted to, like, fuck with people. That's... <laughs> Dude, Patrick Carney, though, man, he made me such a... Like, I was not... I didn't pick up their last album. I just I had not written them off per se, but I had seen them once, and I wasn't really impressed. But I was so impressed with his speech because you never hear. It t- By the way, today's National Hug a Drummer Day, so we're talking about Patrick Carney here, hmm. the tenth of October. Who makes up these holidays? Somebody. You know who it is? I think it's also holidays. it's Dave Hua because it's also his anniversary today. Ten, ten, ten. <laughs> Nine years ago. Wow. Somebody's sitting there though, like, yo, what do you want to do next, man? I don't know. Spray paint day. Like, there's so many days. And they all seem to be on top of each other, too. I think that should be, like, against the rules. There should mm. only be cheeseburger day. You can't have cheeseburger and donut day. You're going to get, you know, <laughs> you're going to get fat. Yeah. Yeah, so that interview was pretty cool. But it was depressing, too, just to hear, like, I know. It's depressing. Stuff. Yeah, I know. It's the um, worst. Moses Malone was that book. Lines in the the record industry told me or something. I don't know. It's always been this way, and it just sucks that like 
the the record industry is run by people who don't get the true intent of art and like entertaining. And the point that you brought up about maybe you know, fifty sixty years ago, our type of profession was you know, we were given you know, five star treatment, man. You know, think about like the ones who were singing in the big clubs back in like in the forties and stuff like that. My God, they were probably mm-hmm. treated like royalty. Like, look, we've got your steak, your peas, <laughs> milk. Please, I sit don't know. Relax. You always hear dark stories about like I, that's that's Hollywood too, but like. But that's also the the theme of tonight, I guess. Fate, right? Good yeah. versus bad, or you know, I mean, like look at Lost. <laughs> every single, every single story also has the duality of good versus evil. You yeah, know, in a way, it never. There's nothing else but that. You know, there was a movie called Legend. Did you ever see that with Tom Cruise back in the day? Yep. You remember at the end of it, he says, um, "I don't remember it." That specifically. Tim but. Curry's character says something to the effect that it's the oldest story in the book. Or maybe that's true detective. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I'm, I, there are some of my favorite tales is like, you know, good versus evil. I guess that's why I've always liked comic books so much, you know, and you know, this, I can't talk about Joker. It's okay. Don't talk about it. I really want to see it now. It's been a week. I saw it a week ago. I'm still thinking about it. Because I keep seeing the, the, you know, few people here and there posting on Facebook, Joker was amazing. I'm like, oh, God, I got to see it now. Freaking love a good comic book movie, especially when it's, like, done really well. Mm, It's it's filmed so beautifully. It's just shot right, you know. It looks really, really good. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it's it's my favorite iteration um, just because it's the longest Look at it. All the other films, I felt that, like you would see these characters for a bit, especially with Heath Ledger's character. 2008, he's like in the movie for like 16, 22 minutes tops if you put all of his scenes into one, you know, to spend this much time. And I think mm. Joaquin's in every frame. Wow. Or like in every scene at least. But yeah, you'll love it. You'll love it. I would leave directly from the lounge right now and go see it. And go. Yeah, just go treat yourself. Or you know what's really good? I've been going down the street here to this new uh, Poke Bowl. Oh yeah, how is it? It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. I took w- Wendell when I went one night when we podcasted. Wendell oh, made cool. it here to the lounge finally. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw you post that. Yeah, that's yeah. We had cool. a good time. How is he doing? He's well. He's uh, enjoying married life. You know, he's enjoying the fruits. Looks like he took a trip somewhere with Emily. They recently. did. I think they went to Colorado or something like oh, that. That's cool. Maybe, you know, I, uh, I gave you you got water over there too if you want. Yes. yes thank um, you very much. But yeah, I mean. He's doing well. Uh, I saw John. John came home. I haven't seen Kevin in a while. How's Kev? Um, yeah, I haven't really talked to Kevin in a while since the last show that we did. It was last month. Um, How was that, Steelhouse? It was great. It was really, really great. So you had Zill playing drums, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was just a really and Wasn't a it also treat. members of those guys in Pawn Shop? It was basically Pawn Shop Roses without... You, you had Judah Kim in Pawn Shop Roses? It was without Paul Keene and... Um, Oh, well, I can't remember his name. How about Judah so Kim much. and the Roses? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. I saw footage. So cool. um, I've always wanted to... I think I've been there once, man, but it was like during the daytime and I just got coffee but when we went to see the theater. or No, I played with brother, I think, there. Yeah, I love it there. You know, it's always been... They've always been good to me, and Ed, who basically resurrected that place, it was. she's just... He's the man. He is the man. It was doing so poorly, and Ed brought it back, and you know mm-hmm. it's the, he's nurturing it, and like they're they're doing well, so mm-hmm. yeah, business wise and everything. So. It's good to see uh, live music venue 
like flourish. You know, here in Conshohocken, where we record the Bobcast, we don't have no venue. You know, we need to start like something, an open mic somewhere. At least I mean, I guess do that Southern Cross. Come on, Southern Cross isn't a venue. You're playing upstairs in a bar in a corner. Yeah, no. I was talking to. I don't think they're not doing music anymore. They got Southern the sign Cross. still. I guess they never took it well, down. Well, t- speaking of Zill, he posted something that like they they pulled all the live acts just like last weekend because mm, it wasn't generating enough money like they'd hoped. Well, I don't know, but like he was pissed because they were scheduled for October or something, and mm, big October show. Yeah, and October's then all the, the all the bands band. ahead of them, November, December, pulled down too, and they just have to yeah. reschedule. Just Dude, of, I want my own spot in the worst way. The mayor I was talking to um, a while back, I he was at some funeral for some councilmen that mm-hmm. my girlfriend's family knew. So we got to talking about you and I and music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I asked him about an open mic space. He was talking about Tradestone that could possibly... It's actually on the same street yeah, as... That would be good for a singer-songwriter. It wouldn't be good for a live band. Yeah, well... Singer-songwriter, just, definitely, though. I used just, to go there and write. So just something to kick it off. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just something to, to start it. Just a little spark mm-hmm. of something. And then maybe a venue could come years later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's like nothing like that here in Contra. There's nothing. Which is, There's nothing. Which, is, which is terrible. It is terrible. I mean, like with all that room down there too, I mean, I, there was a light park, Parker Furniture Store and I believe a cafe is going there now. I mean, that would have been an ideal place for like music too. And also now with like, you know, you see this large crane out the window right here, the, you know, the, the skyscraper's going up. I can't wait to see how close it is to the firehouse, man. Like a tall ass build, building like right there with the firehouse is nuts. Yeah, you know I was you know I was thinking is that where Seventh Heaven used to be is you know that's that would have been a good spot but they're making apartment buildings there. Yeah, I saw that. I I, I think they've actually built it already. I think I've yeah, driven by it. Structure is pretty. Can you imagine like you, you you go buy a house there and like somebody's like yeah this used to be <laughs> the uh, the post for nudity. We used to call this the Contra Hacken Ballet. <laughs> Some strange evenings there, man. Yeah. Strange strange times. But yeah, this whole area now has been completely revolutionized by, you know, the need for people to just, you know, eat. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, you gotta eat. You gotta eat. We got restaurants. How many fucking restaurants are there, man? There's like no place to go. Everything we do is based upon eating, really, I guess, you know. I, isn't it wild, man, when you go out to like a dinner and you like, you know, you get like two plates of food like coke maybe a water and you're looking at like a hundred bucks you're like what yeah i gotta get i gotta get a whole food order for that mm-hmm. take that equation judah where you go somewhere and you get like you know a meal for a hundred dollars but then go somewhere else and get you know groceries for a week apply that to something else in your life does it work it's, does it work how like put that money elsewhere you're saying <sighs> like like you 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 go out so you could relax, but you gotta spend more money than what you like. You could relax more if you didn't go out. Really. Right, right. I guess that's what our culture is becoming, right? What do you mean, fat and lazy? Just staying home. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like Netflix. Like, dude, El Camino. I can't wait tomorrow. Yeah. You a Breaking Bad fan? Of course. I can't wait to see what happens, man. I hope they don't mess it up. I saw an interview where Kimmel just tells Aaron Paul straight up. Don't mess it up. <laughs> yeah, that. I hope it's great, and I hope uh, Zombieland Two is great too. Man, I'm looking forward. I don't to know, that. man. That trailer. Look, I love the the first one. The trailer to me, just like ah. I haven't seen it. I ho- hoping they're just showing the parts that are tame, and you know. 
Well, trailers can be put together terribly, you know, and sometimes they can be put together too well that, you know, they look great, but then the movie sucks. You know, you, never, you don't know. It's a, yeah, like Suicide Squad. The trailers yeah, are amazing. exactly. And then you saw it and you're like, what? why is the Joker in it for like three minutes? Imagine how Jared Leto feels right now. Yeah, I saw something on there that he feels like alienated because he wasn't asked to do this recent one. I think if he was alienated, he would go on his Instagram, I guess, and say something, which he hasn't. I think that's just people just being like, let's stir it up. Yeah, I, I didn't let's even read it. I scrolled fuck. past it. I was like, oh, I don't care about Who Jared shit, Leto man? being like crybaby about the fact that he didn't get a role, you know? That's the worst, man. I'm just trying to get my song played. <laughs> yeah, just get my fate out there. Get the fate. Yeah, so you know what I saw actually today was like, I get, because Instagram and Facebook, they know that I'm a musician and songwriter, so I'll get all these sponsored ads like, mm -hmm. you know, grow your Spotify, baby, yeah. and you just get a ton of them, right? Yeah. So I was just thinking, and and I actually clicked on one and watched like their free webinar, and it's like, you know what, if you guys know what you're doing, maybe you guys do know what you're doing, but why should I trust you with my money, Right. Why should I trust you above anybody else? And what I was thinking is what it would probably be cool is if like they actually did give you results with their programs or whatever. Why not then become a record label instead and just 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 sign yeah. artists based on merit only because mm -hmm. you know that you can get the numbers. If you can get the Spotify numbers guaranteed, then just then you're in a position to say, "All right, well, let's become a record label, a true one like we used to be back in the day, based on just merit, on what we like. We'll be tastemakers that way mm -hmm. instead of just bringing in money. I think that would be a lot cooler because there are these companies out there that can guarantee you like Spotify plays and stuff like that. Become become a freaking record label then. That's what I say. Yeah, I mean with all the money that like, you know, the services that they're like, yeah, just become a record label, right? Yeah. How come nobody's doing that? Instead of just preying on people's like, you know, yeah. money, like yeah. be be, that would be that would be something cool. And then you have people lining up, you know what I'm saying? Lining up, yeah. I mean, Instagram, Facebook, all that shit, man. That, it's just become could, one. Like, I mean, it's fun for people to socialize and stuff, but for for artists i believe that can be you know unless you're unless you were financially stable and you got money to put into your stuff with ads it could be a bummer man you know yeah i've had guests on here talk about like you know they spend so much time working on something and they put it up there and they get nothing i remember right. one time at the top of the world i think you were playing i was probably drinking a little bit too much and like went after the crowd at one point and said you guys could like my photograph which like it was the beginning of like understanding the algorithm i believe like top of the world three and like being like oh well nobody can see my stuff no more because it's not recent or it's not in my feed you know what i mean mm -hmm. and nobody understood it and i feel like that was just another kick to the balls of the artist or you know or to the vagina of the artist you know what i mean like to everyone it's, really. to everyone really well, see, it's just like no we should not pay for our art ever like i just i mean like we make art so other people can consume it yeah. and they buy it not me pay for my art to go out there that's when shit just like pissed me off man where i was just like this is not right man this is not what the early 90s was about at all and like how am i like like i was saying to you before like how we grew up in a you know civil time when we were kids young adults still civil and then as yeah. we became teenagers and adults we got thrown this curveball that threw our it, for me literally though i mean like with Downtown Harvest, after doing it for nine, ten years or whatever, in a different decade, the noise we made would have been heard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We used to get quite. We got a question from Atlantic Records, like after we played three songs in New York, 
So how many people are going to be at your show tonight? Right. And there were like 22-year-olds, right. like which Carney was describing in that Rogan podcast, man. Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart when I was like 26 years old being like, damn, dude, this isn't real. Yeah. These guys are like punk kids. They don't know shit about music. Wow. But yeah. It's it, So... There can be positive stuff, though, like little so, Nas X, right? That dude got huge. I mean, like, you can do stuff and get big on your own still. There's ways around it. But, like, the idea— It's, it's the minority, though. We both know that, yeah. right? And so so my gripe with it all is—and this is the, 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 the best way, I believe, to not sound like a victim or crybaby about it— is just simple energy or simple math, I should say— Right, you only have a finite amount of energy to spend on, let's say, you know, your wife, your son, your family, your art, and then on top of that, you have to be a business person too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so that can actually just drive you away from creating art. It's just a simple energy divide. Nobody, I don't care who you are, mm-hmm. has that. You know, has double that energy. I mean, again, it's the minority. If you're yeah. to be Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and to and to to do it that way to hack the system, so it's all just about and see again it goes back to what I was saying earlier that like it's funny that we have all this information at our fingertips yet as artists today we're lost at sea of like how to promote your song or songs yeah. right mm-hmm. what do you do what's the right direction to take who do you trust this information is not a, a readily available it should be maybe no. we should just start our own label. You can Google it, right? But then you'll get a ton of what I was talking about earlier, like, oh, grow your streams on Spotify, Instagram, all this shit, right? Mm. And I think it would be better instead of the instead of those companies looking predatory, they could actually be like, you know what? We'll be record labels because mm-hmm. we know if they stand by their product, they know that they can grow their Spotify, people's Spotify fan base, and they'll do it on bands that they believe in. Yeah. That would twist that would be, things around. That'd be great. Yeah. That would be awesome, I think. Yeah, I just hope that the future is bright for for artists, but it's just I, the, the whole money thing. Just but here's me another nuts. thing that depresses me about what you just said, right? The hope the future is bright. Yeah. It could just be different completely. You know, yeah. like t- when Tyler grows up, they might not even give a fuck about being in a band or whatever. <laughs> see, might, they might give saying. a fuck. See, they could, was, they this, could be onto something else. Tonight taught me something. I never really had the thought so much of why. We feel so different, and I really do believe it has something to do with this. It does. Do with our experience was tampered with. Hmm. Our life experience was not like our parents and our parents' hmm. predecessors. Our like generation, we, we came in. We're at the cusp. You know, it's a weird spot. That's what I'm saying. So, like, we've had it. We have our like, you know, we have one foot in another. Po- like, we're in two different yeah. ways. We're in two different worlds. Really, we're in the old world that we remember as kids. That now will be the old fogarty's back, you know, in the future being like, I remember when mm-hmm. there was an answer machine. But now we are the first to be in, you know, we're all over the place, man. We're the technology age and we're also, we remember what it was like to be kids. And I, yeah. for one, am pissed off about it. Yeah, I am very pissed off about it because one band that I can think of um, specifically, actually, that really took advantage of my space mm-hmm. and were able to tore off that and actually make some money and get record label attention from that was Jealousy Curve. Jealousy Curve And they're, well, they're just a little bit older than us, like a different just generation. Just a different I mean? generation. There was so like, a chance with my Right, there was a chance and then just, boom, went away. Went away. Mickey Avalon was the first to be signed to uh, MySpace Records. Mm-hmm. I thought Mickey Avalon was going to be like Vanilla Ice huge. Mm-hmm. Now Mickey Avalon plays like a show a month. 
And really, it's indicative of like what happened, that boom, that surge of technology around 2008-9, where we just didn't care no more. And that's when you and I, and probably a lot of people listening to this podcast, first start being like, well, fuck that shit, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I, It's hard. It's hard to live in a world where you remember. I personally feel it a lot now as a dad. And it's just like, I get so angry at myself when I'm like, I should be having a moment with my son. I should mm-hmm. be playing with him. I should be like on the the you know the floor, playing with his toys. But instead, I'm on Instagram looking at shit about myself, and it bothers me. I'm just like, damn it, dude. Yeah. What happened to me? You know, what happened to me being on the floor? You know, playing like with my own toys. Like I had a childhood, and it was great. And I remember that. And then high school experience was great. Same thing as my parents. Howdy doody time. Same thing. Post, you know what I mean? I had a high college. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like in high school, I mean, it was our experience in high school was very similar to what the fifties and sixties were. Really, though, there was nowhere to go when you went out. Your parents just wished you came home. You know what I mean? They didn't know where they were. That sense of freedom and all that part of our lives and like our human essence, like you were saying earlier, our humanity, it's lost somewhere around two thousand eight. So it'd be great if we could go back and just switch that shit up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's invent it in 2066 when we've lived our whole lives the way our parents were happy yeah. and just like, oh. Now, now it's hypnotized by the phone, like you're saying. Like, I am so preoccupied now just with, I can't stay in the moment with anything. And it's I weird. Think yeah. It's part of my alcoholism, but it's also just like, and my depression, whatever. Like, but it's, I think the phone, it's like, I am all over the place. I can't stay in the moment with anybody. I can't, like, get yeah. out of my head. It, I think you're not alone in that. I think there's lots of people, and I think there's lots of people who would maybe argue with you if you told them about, them. if you told that that's what they were doing, they'd be like, no, no, you're crazy. This uh-huh. is just my phone. Like, what? Yeah. This radiation, this device is, like, next to me. And, like, dude, the worst part is it's my alarm clock. The alarm clock companies must have been so pissed off around 2008. Like, damn it, they've taken it from us. <laughs> yeah, they've only got the senior citizens I now, I movie think. about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know the little alarm clock they used to travel with where it, like, opened up? It was, like, a compact thing. Everybody had it, you know? No, no. It just looks one device. I would That's like cool, to make though. a movie about that one watch. And then how after the technological boom, they are like, we're done. Like Tommy Boy. Yeah. But with alarm clocks. I don't know. I mean, like, look, I sound like I'm coming off angry. It, it's not. It's just frustration with realization. It really is the whole thing. It's coming to terms with something, right? Coming to terms with good versus evil, as you'll find out this Sunday night. At the world premiere. What time is the premiere, Fate? 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I think um, what you're talking about is acceptance. It's so hard for me to accept the way things are because I just feel like, what the hell happened, you know? Well, you're not alone. You know, I'm so. right here with you, man. I feel it on a daily basis is just being like, what? How am I going to be 40 years old, you know? Other part of me says, whatever. I mean, it is what it is, and you just got to go forward with it. But I am the middle of childhood, middle adult, adult life. But the adult life, look at me right now with two microphones and a computer in front of me. I mean, like, if you would have told me as a kid that I'd be doing this, like, every week, a podcast with like my interviewing friends. Interviewing people. Like, somebody, somebody would be like, a podcast? What the hell is that? You know, what are you talking about? But I'm happy to do it. I'm happy for you. I really appreciate you coming back here in the lounge. Of course. You it know? is my pleasure. I think our next guest is I think our next guest door. is here. Uh, I'm going to welcome him in. Uh, this has been another episode of Bobcast. Judah, thanks for coming back. Thanks, Bobby. Love and, you And uh, make sure you check out his uh, video this Sunday night at 9 p.m. My name's Bob. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. My name's Bob. This has been another episode of...
Bobcast. <laughs>